it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, we have a lot to get to today. And I think the topic we're going to probably spend the least amount of time on uh, are the four games the Islanders played this week, of which they won three in a row. And they were pretty good. <laughs> the game against Anaheim had a, a, a few uh, creaks in it, uh, and it was saved uh, mainly by Ilya Sorokin. But uh, the ones before that were pretty good. And, and yet at the same time, this is a huge week for this season and this team. And, uh, you know, I, I think that those games are already in the rearview mirror, even though they, they just happened a couple of days ago. Yeah, I think um, some silver linings are starting to shine through a little bit right now, which is nice. And look, we're, we're all rooting for the same miracle uh, <laughs> that this team somehow wins the next 13 games in a row. Right. <laughs> Maybe the Capitals drop four at some point in a mm. row and, the Islanders just get within shouting distance and I, I, you know, I'd bite your hand off for one meaningful game in April one. Right. Um, and that's really unlikely at this point. So, uh, but they, to get to that, they needed to string three wins together, which they did. And now they got to string three more together and they're, um, it's coming at a very funny time in the schedule, this, uh, recent uptick in form because of the trade deadline where, uh, this, this team, the Lou Lamarillo said, uh, a couple times that he's still committed to this core and they're kind of showing us why we're seeing Anders Lee, who is having one of the quietest mm. looks like a lock for 25. He might hit 30 goals. I was going to say he ever. could hit 30 goals. Yeah. Like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and to think he's going to be able to do that in, in the season is something else. We got Brock Nelson, who's probably going to hit 30 goals himself. Josh Bailey might hit eight. 
um, <laughs> <laughs> which didn't seem like a miracle a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but Kyle Palmieri, he's got a chance for 15, you know, right. maybe an outside chance at 20. Uh, the point I'm making is that these guys who Nelson and Lee, not really, but like, you know, Palmieri and Bailey and um, what they're showing us is that if, if this team does stick together nearly completely intact for next season, there's no real reason not to believe uh, Mm. because, you know, if Kyle Palmieri is the 20 goal scorer who, we all expected him to be and needed him to be this season. We're having a different conversation right now. Uh, if Josh Bailey is scoring at his, you know, even close to his usual pace or producing at his usual pace, same, same thing. And Bobillier go down the list. So the fact that they're showing this, I think is, is interesting because um, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it is almost, it almost feels like a message that is being sent. Like we can, we can still do this. Like they, this, this group, we can still stick together and, and figure it out. And, and my, um, co-host on my my sports my nhl betting podcast who's a professional nhl better brought up a good point that he a couple weeks ago he fully expected the islanders to kind of do what a lot of veteran nhl teams do around this time of the year when they're out of the playoff race which is you know shut things down and just mail it in and maybe once a week put in a good performance but he said like you know they're playing hard uh, Mm. and they're playing and that just shows you the type of coach and the type of character that the team has and um I think that's, there's a lot of things that <laughs> there's a lot of, um, you know, narrative kind of narrative street things here that, mm. that bode well for this team next season, which is bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not definitely discounting the fact that teams have done that, but like those teams haven't been run by Lou Lamarello and Barry Trotz. Like, I think we know these guys exactly. well enough to know that they're not going to mail in anything. And I think you're right. It, it does bode well pretty pretty much for the rest of, you know, not just this season, but next season as well. And, uh, you know, we may never know what turned these some of these guys around. I mean, in Palmieri's case, you know, Noah Dobson joked a few weeks ago that it was, you know, dead power or whatever. It, may, it might be entirely possible that, you know, he was preoccupied with his wife's pregnancy prior to this. And all of a sudden now the baby's here and everybody's healthy and happy. You know, he's scoring goals again. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. But something has has turned on for him, for Lee, uh, for the most part, for Nelson, who's been you know pretty, pretty effective and consistent all season long. Um, but, you know, we saw this kind of happen with Noah Dobson earlier this season. Like that dude has been on a really, really good streak now for several months. And, and it, that's the kind of progress you want to see. And this week in particular, you know, they won three in a row. They lost the first one, which was, if you forgot about it already, I'm not surprised. It seemed like it was a month ago, but uh, they played Colorado uh, a month, a week ago today and they lost five, four. Uh, and it was, you know, they were pretty even with the avalanche for through two periods. It was one, one. And then all of a sudden in the third period, it was, you know, what was it like four, four? It was all of a sudden five one in like the span of four minutes, and it was crazy. Of course, Devon Taves had to get a goal. Uh, they showed a nice video of him, and they gave him a nice wave. I'm surprised nobody like freaked out that this guy got a, um, uh, you know, people from outside the Islanders bubble. I'm surprised nobody freaked out that this guy got a video. Um, but then all of a sudden they started turning around, and and you know it was a little bit too late, and there was a few too many turnovers, but. You know, uh, Lee ended up scoring his 200th career goal. Like that's that's pretty good. And then Sezika scored real quickly, and then Nelson scored. 
Um, and they just didn't have enough time basically for Dobson to put a shot on net at the end. So, you know, it ended up going down as a five, four loss, but there was a lot of positives. Again, they didn't quit. And Simeon Varlamov was fantastic in that game. 43 saves, you know, as, as the theme of this season has been, as we talked about last week, uh, that might've been his best game of the year and he lost, which is the thing that the Islanders do have done this season more than anything is put in these great performances, uh, and then lose. So what are you going to do? Um, but they followed that up with one of their better wins uh, in a long time. It was a 6 nothing blowout of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, Lee had his first hat trick. Apparently he had the most two-goal games without having a hat trick. That's a pretty crazy stat. I'm kind of shocked that the guy who had it, that record was Anders Lee. But uh, it was pretty cool. He got a, you know the hat trick goal with a couple of seconds left. And uh, there were some nice, pretty goals in that game. Uh, uh, Josh Bailey... Off a cool giveaway, uh, scored a really smooth goal. Uh, Pajot got one on a two-on-one, which was nice. And uh, six-nothing, it's hard to argue. Uh, six shutout of the season for Ilya Sorokin, who was fantastic. Stopped a couple of breakaways in the third, which could have changed the, the momentum and the, and the perspective of the game. And uh, Jonas Corpusala was good. The Islanders had high 20 high-danger chances for to the Blue Jackets seven in that game. It's 20 to 7. It's pretty impressive. Uh, the About the only bad thing that happened in that game, Casey Zizekas took four penalties, which Barry Trott said afterwards. It's a lot easier to laugh about that when when you win the game. <laughs> He's like, that would be a suspendable offense if you ask me in another game. But, you know, we won. So I can't, can't complain too much, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's It was the type of game that was set up for the Islanders to, to have a performance like that. Mm. I think because it was building and there were so many of these games that they played well and it came up short or, um, and they get the break of playing Eunice Corpusalo, who's mm. not very good. So it's had a um, rough season. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there was, <laughs> and we'll talk about the deadline later, but I just love the goaltending market right now so much. It's, <laughs> it's like these teams that need goalies are talking about Georgiev and Corpusalo and Mar- Martin Jones, uh, oh. as, as, as solutions, which is, just unbelievable but uh it's uh yeah i think you know all these games like the islanders were building up to a stretch like this and now it's just about how long it goes i don't think Mm. there's too much more to uh to just to like really dig into the games because it's it's really it's these next two weeks will determine how much how like interesting the last four weeks are i guess you could mm. say because there's so many games they're playing they're playing like yeah, I know. three every and four every 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 clip and mm. um so like by this time like next week or in the middle of next week the islanders could be on a you know an eight game or nine game heater um which we've just been waiting for all season and you just hope that it's not too way too little too late even if it's too little too late that's fine with me like like we, I keep saying, I just want one or two meaningful games where I you get that feeling back as, uh, you know, I think we all miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think there's this really outside of just the, the Lee performances, Palmieri and these guys who we're talking about, like, I think Zach Parisi's looked really good against next to Matt Barzell, which is an, another interesting thing for the trade deadline. Um, but I think, uh, you know, there's the, 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 the main takeaway from, this stretch and, and from that blue jackets game at large was that this team still has this kind of level to play at where very few teams in the league can match them as if, if they're going right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean the, the, the bones and the seeds of the old Islanders are still in there and they can still be a problem. And I was thinking about this uh, 
in the game against Anaheim on Sunday, we'll talk about in a second, how you know the Islanders can really play spoiler in this case, like literally speaking, like they can be a spoiler to some team that's looking to, to solidify a playoff berth or get a little point, a few more points clear of the guys who are right behind them. You know, all of a sudden you look at the Islanders on the schedule and that's not like a normal non-playoff team. Like this is a team that has a, a game plan and the roster that can execute that game plan and they can cause a lot of problems. And, and also the goalies that are good that can mess you up in a big way. Um, like I said, Varlamov was great against Colorado. Uh, uh, Sorokin has been really good in the last couple of games. Uh, Varlamov was really good in the game against Winnipeg too. The Islanders won that game five to two. Um, they ha- oh, I forgot to mention uh, in the pretty goals against the Blue Jackets, Brock Nelson scored a goal. I have never the likes of which I've never seen before, where he was yeah. like backing in towards the, <laughs> the goalie, and I was like, is he just going to back into Corpus Salo right now? And then he just turns around and shoots, and I'm like, what? <laughs> His, his skill set is yeah. so underratedly good. Like he's so good in tight spaces. He's a great skater, great hands. Yeah. Um, because he's an Islander and he's got like kind of a quiet, mis, uh, a quiet, like demeanor about him. It's I think he's uh, is why he's not a bigger name. Right. Like especially because of his lineage. He's related mm. to everybody who's ever played for the team for any team <laughs> USA team, <laughs> and he's from War Road. Minnesota, right. um, where you know if you, if you watch TJ Oshie play, he, that mm. stuff gets mentioned, and he's got he's in commercials and stuff. So it's really funny if if Brock ended up on uh, you know a bigger market, it's this this guy would be a an absolute favorite amongst the uh, you know Mike Russo's of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure, and yeah, he's and his confidence is has been fantastic. This, I think, you know, a lot along with Bay, along lines with Bailey, that might've been a problem earlier, but it's not a problem now. Like when you, when you could pull off stuff like that, you're, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Um, but anyway, back to the, the five, two win over Winnipeg. Um, that was another fantastic game. And Varlamov was great. Um, the only goal he really got beat on was Blake Wheeler scored in the opening shift of the third period. It kind of gave the jets a little bit of life at that point. Uh, the only other goal he gave up in that was a two on O to Kyle Connor, I mean, after like there was some kind of snafu at the bench or whatever, Adam Pellet came on late or maybe got off early and somebody came on. I think it was Bellows might have come on and missed an assignment or whatever. But I mean, you can't fault him on a two on O, especially with Kyle Connor, who's got like 40 goals or close to it this year. So other than that, that one blemish, Varlamov was great again, two games in a row. And uh, and the Islanders were really good. Bailey and Lee scored 40 seconds apart, eerily similar goals, both off of rebounds. Uh, the Jets sort of turned it on late in the second and we're pretty good in the third, but uh, they were, you know, Varlamov stood up and Bailey again scored right in front of the goal. Like you said, it was his sixth of the season. So, you know, break up Josh Bailey. I got, I don't know what's going to happen. It's crazy. He's on a little bit of a heater now. And then Clutterbuck sealed it with an empty net goal from his own red line, which is always fun. And that was Barry Trotz's 900th win. He's the third winningest coach in NHL history. The only guy ahead of him right now is Joel Quenville, who isn't going to be coaching in the NHL anytime soon uh and so he'll probably pass him some point next season maybe the season after and then there's scotty bowman who's left uh, uh good luck with that but uh you know to be number two uh even number three is is an amazing achievement and uh you know the fact that he's here is still kind of mind-blowing sometimes when you think about it <laughs> uh and so that was win number two and then win number three was uh the shakiest of them <laughs> that's the one against anaheim last night um oliver wallstrom was scratched the night before comes back in and he's on a line with Parisi and Barzell, like you just said. 
And they were great. Uh, they combined to score the first goal. I thought it was Wallstrom's, but I guess it was Parisi who finally knocked it in. Barzell passed through his legs, of course, because he's Matt Barzell. Um, you know, people were concerned that maybe Wallstrom didn't get the amount of ice time that they should have. He got around seven minutes. Uh, Trotz explained that there was a lot of four-on-four play. It was a curiously refereed game. It was a lot of four-on-four. They had to kill a lot of penalties. And uh, things were just kind of weird. And he said, don't look at Wally's ice time. Look at how they did five-on-five. And that'll you know give you an indication of how we feel. And they were great five-on-five. They barely gave up any scoring chances against. I think that was Trotz's big thing was like, you know, were they going to leak goals defensively? But they didn't. And uh, and that was good. And uh, it you know, first uh, the it was tied, and then um, Lee and Palmieri scored towards the end of the season, towards the end of the, the first period, 25 seconds apart. Um, Palmieri came close to a hat trick of his own, uh, but uh, he just barely missed a shot in the third. Um, but they uh, they played really well, and but Sorokin was spectacular. And from about the second, from from the first half, the Islanders played well. They were kind of even. They were winning three one. At that point. Um, yeah, they made it three, two, the ducks did and at that point. It was the Ilya Sorokin show. And if you look at like uh natural stat trick, you'll see the, the Corsi four, the shots for it's all Anaheim. Like it's just, it completely dips and the Islanders are nowhere to be found, but Sorokin was amazing. And then about halfway through, um, uh, Adam Henrique scores, sorry, with 18, just, just before the end of the third period. And uh, then Clutterbuck sealed it with uh, an empty netter at the buzzer. So uh, it worked. Oh, no, sorry. His empty netter at the buzzer was taken away. So it would have been 5-3, but it ended up being 4-3. And uh, and that was about it. 41 saves for Sorokin. Sorry, my notes are all over the place. But uh, it was great. But it was the same guys. Lee, Palmieri, Bailey, Nelson. And uh, and they were all really, really good. And I, I agree with you. Like, to win three in a row is nice. And it's nice to have that feeling again that we've had for the last couple of years. We're like, Yes, this team has strung together wins. That's nice. It's not to just, you know, get a win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, win, loss, loss. You know, this is their first three-game winning streak of the season. And uh, it's been too long because <laughs> yeah, it's a nice feeling. It's nice when, you know, you're, you're picking up points, even if it's kind of at the end of a season where you're not going to playoffs. Yeah, and I think, uh, the, you know, I didn't even mention it when I was talking about silver linings, but perhaps the biggest one is Sorokin. Yeah. Um. Since since that breather he got uh, after the Western Canada trip when Varlamov uh, was in COVID and then Sorokin had to keep playing through it. Um. Since since that breather he's been really lights out. Uh, yeah. Big. That's definitely the biggest silver lining you can ask for because if this guy is if if this is the the Sorokin we get for the majority of next season and beyond. The Islanders are always going to be competitive because you see, you can see it around the league. You have a good goalie. Uh, you can see it across the the, the river <laughs> going on with the the Rangers. You have a great goalie, and you, you can have a a lot of other issues and still have a good season. So that's important. And I think that I love that Trotz. Um, the the amount of context he gives for these decisions is always so great. Like the the press conference he had talking about Wallstrom mm. was uh, just incredible to listen to because mm. he i mean he took it, it's it i don't know how long it ended up being but like eight minutes it was almost as if he read every tweet yeah he's about <laughs> you know the, the decisions that he's made with wallstrom and his playing time and and basically dunked on them and ans- answered them in in full and 
explain what's going on and how, uh, you know, it's all about matching skill sets. And, and I think we could all, we can all see it that Wallstrom ha- is ta- a talented guy. He's a very good finisher, but there's just something that hasn't clicked yet. And if you, you, you mentioned Palmieri and, and Bailey and Dobson turning their seasons around and I mean, it's, it's, it's been a short window for Bailey so far in, in the games he's played well, but one, all three of those guys have something in common and it's that they all got benched. They sat a game in the press box or two came back and in Dobson's case took a leap into a completely different stratosphere. And then Palmieri just found his groove. Bailey has been kind of back to the Josh Bailey that we all f- love um, but for some reason, with Wallstrom and Bellows, it just it hasn't clicked with those two guys yet. And uh, like people keep talking about Wallstrom in in a in a very it reminds me like it, it reminds me a lot of like like Nino Niederreiter when he mm. was here, um, and some you know other other young players that have like kind of come and gone like <laughs> even like Matt Donovan like players <laughs> like that like who the the fans I think the fans. Um, expectations of the player in its current form are vastly different from where the player actually is which is Wallstrom is is great he's a great player very excited to see where he he goes but he's clearly not there yet I mean if you're going to be a you know sniper style pure you know poor man's Austin Matthews Mm. uh, you can't go 14 games without scoring yeah you can't you can't you can't do that. You can't be making bad decisions on uh, power plays and six on fives, taking low percentage shots, and then basically ceding possession uh, to the other team cheaply. You, you you just can't do it. And if you're not scoring, so there's a, a I think a fine, not even a fine line. There's a pretty big gap in between the reality and and the kind of fan expectation of Wallstrom, who I think is on his way to being a 25 like honestly like a Kyle Palmieri type player you know mm. in in his prime probably the 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 floor is Palmieri or or Mike Hoffman kind of player but to get there or to to like be better than that he's going to have to develop the rest of his game and we just it, this is year four of Barry Trotz's tenure we know what's going to happen and the guy's coached mm. 900 wins in the NHL uh, so I think we can all just everyone could just like, take a breather yeah. and realize that um, at some point when it clicks, like it clicked with Dobson uh, and players who like Pellick and Pollock going before them and Devon Taves when when mm. he when he had that run, like when, when it clicks for them, they're going to play. And we'll all think back to this and be like, yeah, it's probably, you know, I got the fan base's face because he, he did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite thing about the like the Barry hates the young players crowd is that Noah Dobson is getting twenty one minutes a night, and he just turned twenty two. Like he was drafted ago. right after Oliver <laughs> yeah, Walsh, right? Yeah, pick after him, and and like you said, like it just clicked for him, and he's there are there have been nights since you know I would say when when what was that scratch sometime around Thanksgiving I want to say it was right like after that. I think yeah it was like I thought it was right after. Because he made a play, it wasn't the Predators play, but it was the one before that oh, was made a similar <laughs> play. I think it was maybe yeah. against the Leafs or something. I don't know, but yeah, it was around. It was, was it, it was wa- in it was in the whole mess in yeah. around the holidays, right? And uh, and since then, there have been games where Noah Dobson is the best player on the Islanders. 
Like he's just been that good. And it's just clicked. And at now, you know, he makes it to a point so that Trotz can't take him out of the lineup. And we all like Oliver Wallstrom. Everybody wants Oliver Wallstrom to succeed. I, you know, him getting on that line with Barzell, a lot of people are like, whoa, why is it taking so long? Well, he wasn't ready. And I mean, I guess now Barry thought he was ready and he was going to put him there. But the fact of the matter is, like you said, I mean, Wallstrom is not Brad Marchand. He's not Jonathan Huberto. He's not even... Anthony Duclair, who's got, you know, whatever, 15 goals this year. Like, he's got to find that game, and he's got to be consistent. And this is what what Barry's whole thing is. It's not just consistent in the scoring department, which is comes with the territory, but, like, you can't be invisible out there for 14 games in a row and expect to, you know, just get sort of top-line minutes. It doesn't work that way. And, you know, we all want the guy to succeed, but he's going he's gonna to go at his own pace, and, and I don't think Barry hates him or is trying to throw him on the bus – this is just how it is, and he's going to have to earn that spot. And, I, I mean, again, for my money, what he did, what they did, again, with Parisi, which is kind of funny because he's like the oldest guy, one of the oldest guys and the second oldest guy on the team, I guess. You know, what they did against the Ducks was good, and we should see that again uh, tomorrow on Tuesday when they play the Capitals. I would expect to see it again. But, you know, if it stops working, Barry's not going to hesitate to change it. And, you know, maybe that when Wally's going to have to learn another lesson, I guess. It's just how it is. Yeah, and um, it, it. I mean, it just. Th- this is not new either, right? Like <laughs> this is this is, not something that caught anybody any of us by surprise, right? If Leo Komarov didn't move to the KHL, <laughs> like there's probably a chance that <laughs> right. Wallstrom and Bellows are not playing even close to what they're they're playing right now, right? Like, just an just, aside on that, I can't believe that was this season. Just yeah. like I can't believe this season was also the season that Josh Bailey scored his 500th goal. Like these feel like they happened three years ago. It's <laughs> yeah. Uh, my friend was joking, asking, he texted me today asking if, if he hallucinated. We talked about the Mandela effect a couple of episodes ago. And he said, he was asking if he hallucinated the Mandela effect on uh, Islander, the play. <laughs> And I said, no, that actually happened. I saw it. Oh, my God. And I remember it was really hot the day I went into the city to see Islander, the play. Right. And um, then I asked him if if maybe it is a figment of imagination because I don't ever remember it being hot ever because it hasn't been hot in seemingly (laughs) three or four years. So, uh, yeah. No, No, it makes sense. Time is just just going away differently now. And and another thing, speaking of time, uh, Sunday night games at 730 should be – banned by the NHL, particularly when they're on daylight savings time day. Cause I mean, I was like a zombie by the third part. They might as well have been playing in Anaheim. That's how mushy my brain was at that point. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, I'm like delirious here. But uh, it was just a four, three game, you know, uh, here in, uh, in Elmont. Uh, the biggest thing to come out of that game though, not just the Oliver Wallstrom, Matt Barzell, Zach Parisi line or the near, a uh, hat trick by Kyle Palmieri or Palmieri getting robbed by John Gibson, the paddle of John Gibson's stick and saying, are you effing kidding me, John? <laughs> the biggest thing from that game was that in the house was a true celebrity, an Islanders legend, the great Radic Martinek. And thank Jesus. you, Jenny Berman, for telling us that. Uh, I was glad to know that he was there and I hope he had a good time. <laughs> he, I, God, I was so, I mean, I was thinking the other day about, uh, Braddock Martinez, which which we which I do one quite does. often, yeah. And uh, I was just I, he he was obviously the 
originator of the sticking around the team, staying at hmm. at Iceworks. And I was I was thinking about the these these two veteran defensemen we have on the team right now, Chara and Green. And I was just all I could think about head was like if these two guys say to Lou, like, you know, we we don't really care about chasing a ring, we're just gonna play out the season and see, you know, see what comes. That you can go to you can go to um what is it, Eisenhower Park now, whatever it's called. Yeah. You can go there in August. And there is a chance that you might see Dennis Seidenberg, Andy Green, Zidane Ochara, <laughs> and Radek Martinek all playing hockey together. <laughs> I mean, I would I would pay Right, so much money. They just should to sell watch tickets that. to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Uh, that would be fun. I mean, I, I don't know. I can see a scenario. I don't want to talk too much because we're going to talk about the deadline in the second half a lot. But I can see a scenario where none of those guys get traded. But I, I don't know how many of them are going to really stick around. I would assume that. I mean, well, I guess Green probably has moved his family to the island by now. I don't even know. Or maybe they live if, in New- even if he lives in Jersey. Like, okay. if if the Islanders are the team saying like. If Lou is the guy that's saying, "Hey, we want you to work for the team," Andy, yeah. Andy is a Lou guy, right? So that's 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 my thing. I mean, Char is a long shot to be in, right. to be an ice work all star, yeah. But uh, I think Green is pretty good bet, yeah. To 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 be on that blue line with you know Matt Karkner, shut, someone <laughs> someone shutting down Eric Bolton. Actually, that was the best part of the week was Josh Bailey name dropping right. Eric Bolton's name. That's right, because Lee finally joined the Hat Trick Club, which. Already had Josh Bailey, who also scored a hat trick against Columbus, and Eric Bolton. Somehow, Eric Bolton had a hat trick, and uh, now he can't. There's a great picture of him. Yeah, I think he did it on Teddy Bear Night or something. Because <laughs> there's a picture of Eric Bolton. He's holding three pu- the three pucks, hmm. and in the locker room are just maybe it's just hats, and I'm Mandela hmm. affecting again. I'm thinking that there's uh, teddy bears, but I'll have to look it up. But yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure there's. It might have been. Uh, Right. Teddy Bears. So, I mean, Eric Bolton has that has to be the most unlikely hat trick of all time. Uh, it's right up there with uh, um, Mick Vakoda. That's the other, the Big Islander kind of go to. How did that hat trick happen? And uh, and the team that that hat trick happened against was the fact Washington Capitals. So the Islanders are going to play on Tuesday night uh, in Washington. Then they play the Rangers at the Garden on this uh, Thursday. Uh, technically a road trip, but really the road trip is just to Washington and then Manhattan. And then they have a game against Dallas at UBS on Saturday afternoon. That's at two o'clock, very weird start time. And then they have another afternoon game the next day in Philly also at two. So a little weird road trip with a stop off at home in between. Um, you know, I don't even know what to say. Like, you know, these are teams that I think the Islanders have a chance. To, I mean, they've beaten the Flyers a number of times this year. The stars are like Jekyll and Hyde. The Caps uh, are have been struggling for a while, and if the Islanders can get a win on them, that's going to put a big f- scare into the Caps, which would be worth it just to watch <laughs> what happens. Um, the Rangers, I don't know. I, I've you know we've they haven't played the Rangers almost all season basically, and you know they're a scary team. They're they're good offensively, but they win like you said primarily on the strength of their goalie. And uh, you know if the Islanders can get to them, they can get to them. Um, you know, I don't want to talk too much about these games because because we don't know what's going to happen. But if they can string a couple more wins out of these four, um, you know, things are going to get pretty interesting here with, with a couple. Get the Caps one is the big one. Like if they can get a win against the Caps, uh, then Washington is going to have real problems, and uh, they're going to have to straighten them out. And uh, I don't know what those problems are, and I don't care. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, the ca- and the, I think the, I looked at it last, and part of it was the Western Canadian swing that the Can- Caps yeah. did well on. But um, they they have a really 
tough schedule. But yeah, I mean, it's like we're like I said right at the top, like we're all rooting for the same miracle here. Mm. And it, the only way that that miracle happens is if the Islanders keep winning these games coming up and uh, the Capitals lose. And when you can do two birds with one stone, you got to do it. So mm. um, I'm I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for that game because it it's uh it is actually a, a must win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, yeah right. And only for the Islanders. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's about as, as far from a must win for the Capitals yeah. as you can get right now, but it is a hundred percent a must win for the Islanders right. as all these games are. Uh, I don't want to say too much, but I couldn't help but click onto April's schedule. And <laughs> two of the last three games, the Islanders play this year are also against the Capitals. So if they can win on Tuesday and then keep winning, Yep. And then be face to face with the Caps at the end of the season, you know, maybe with a playoff spot on the line. I don't know. That seems like it's pretty crazy <laughs> to yeah. me. Well, it is crazy, yeah. but we're all thinking the same thing. Like I, yeah. I look at the standings every day and I try to map it out, and <laughs> I think to myself, well, if they beat the Washington, if they beat Washington and the Rangers, then mm. like you said, it's Dallas, Philadelphia, Ottawa, Detroit. So mm. you're you're talking about on March 25th after that Detroit game. The, <laughs> The Islanders could be looking at a you know a nine game winning streak because those are all very winnable <laughs> games. And if that happens, there's no way that they won't be like at least an interesting footnote right, right now for the for for people talking about being like, oh, can you, there'll be a discussion about right. can the Islanders do it? Which is what we're rooting for. Yeah, that would be cool. Maybe we'll see. Okay, we're gonna uh, take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the trade deadline. Uh, what we think might happen, what we think might not happen, not just for the Islanders, but for a bunch of other teams in the league. So meet us on the other side, okay? Thanks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. 
And now a word from our sponsors. First is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor t-shirt, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Uh, playoffs are coming up, so pick up a Long Island Ducks, New York Golden Blades, New York Rovers, New England Whalers, all kinds of cool stuff at VintageIceHockey.com. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play Big Pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at your local wine shops and UBS Arena. Uh, My nephew and his lovely fiance had their engagement party last night at a local restaurant here in Jersey. It's BYOB. Brought a bunch of bottles of the Pinot Project wine, and it all went in a heartbeat. (laughs) So it is very good stuff. Check it out. And again, it's a UBS arena. So there you go. Please play and drink responsibly. And that is thepinotproject.com, by the way. I always forget to say that. Uh, Okay. So the trade deadline is on Monday, the 21st. Uh, So mark your calendars accordingly. Get your streaming services in order. Make sure you know where to uh, follow. Hopefully you don't have listened to it on the radio. I did that one year, and it was terrible. Um. And, you know, the Islanders have a couple of guys whose names have been kind of kicked around a little bit, but uh, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I have a, I have a hot take. This is my hot take. You know, if anybody is a long time listener to the show, you know, we, we don't really do hot takes. We don't really do big proclamations of things like that, but I am 100% convinced of this particular thing right now. And that is that the Islanders will not do a damn thing on Monday, the 21st <laughs> or, or in the week leading up, they're not going to make a single trade. They're not going to move anybody. They're going to come out on Monday, the exact team that they were going into it. And I just, I can't see it happening. I know they have a bunch of names. Yeah. Varlamov is out there. The Leafs who we'll talk about in a second are just <laughs> leaking goals left and right. I can't see anybody taking on him and his $5 million next year uh, price tag. People keep talking about what if, whether or not Chara guns get Chara doesn't have to get traded if he doesn't want to. I can't imagine he would really want to. I don't know if anybody's going to want Andy Green, and I can't see Lou Lamarello giving up Cal Clutterbuck just for a fourth round pick or something. And and Parisi's not going anywhere either. If anything, he'll probably they'll probably announce a contract extension in the next week or so. So I can't see the Islanders moving anybody, and I can just see people tying themselves into knots over the next six days trying to place people and and price people out all over the place. And then at the end of the day, they won't do anything and they'll be mad about it (laughs) that they didn't do anything. And I'll be like, well, what do you want? What are they going to give up? And you know, we've already seen one trade. Josh Manson just got traded to the avalanche for some prospect and a second rounder. So good for the avalanche. They're picking dudes up and you know, they'll probably do another deal at some point, but I just can't see the Islanders as being a real kind of mover and shaker at this particular trade deadline. Maybe I'll, I'll probably be wrong, but. I just I'm looking at these guys and I'm hearing these names and I'm looking at these contracts and I'm like, who who's gonna want any of these guys? I just don't I just can't see it happening. Yeah. Uh I agree with you where <laughs> I think that that's probably the most likely scenario. I, I do think um the Islanders uh, this could change too, right? If the Islanders lose these next two games, I think it changes a little bit. Yeah. So what I'll what I'll say is that there's an opportunity, and and I think a lot of people are making good points about the you know trading Mayfield or trading Varlamov. Basically, if you do that, if if you trade Mayfield and Varlamov, you're getting back at, at least two first round picks, a, a prospect like uh, just because he's the first name that comes to my mind, 
Uh, I don't want to deal with deal Varlamov to the Leafs at all because I don't want to fix their goaltending for them. But uh, <laughs> like Nick Robertson kind of prospect, right? Right. Uh, and and I'm, I'm like this is for Mayfield and Varlamov in separate trades. Like you're you're bringing back you know, two firsts, a prospect like that who's decent, maybe a young NHL player. I don't know because if if Ben Sherratt, we've I've said this a couple of times. Like if Ben Sherratt goes for what they're saying he's going to go for, hmm. Scott Mayfield, who's got an incredible uh, contract for next year too, will go for should go for double that because Sherratt's hmm. much worse than Mayfield and is a free agent next uh, in the summer. So, um, so like there there is like a because then if you, you you do that and you trade it and this is, uh, what I'm addressing here is like if you do go the um, mini fire sale mode of uh, selling high on some people and then you trade, you know, Clutterbuck, Chara, Green, whatever. You're bringing back three mid mid round picks plus the the haul you can get for Mayfield and and Varlamov, and that is very helpful. Like it is, like it's there's mm. no there's definitely a point to be made. I think you can also throw um, Sebastian Aho in there uh, mm. and Kiefer Bellows as as potential. I think actually for some reason I, I have a really funny feeling that Bellows will be will be traded for like a fourth round pick or something. But uh, Bellows and Aho are guys who I think can fetch, you know, mid mid to late draft pick. So you're, you're, you're starting to see like there is an avenue here where there's an opportunity to, to bring in um, assets for whether it's the draft or to, for a big trade at, in the, in the draft uh, at the draft or in the summer. Um, I, I, I get it. I just, it's really hard to believe that they do it because the other, like, if you do do that, you're, you're upsetting the chemistry with the team, which has been, you know, big part of this whole journey with the Trots Islanders. You're also, um, dealing away a couple positions of strength. Like if, if you keep Mayfield and, uh, and Varlamov, you're looking at a, a defense that has Pelik and Polak, and then Dobson and Mayfield behind Pollock on the right side. So you, you can, there is an argument to be made. Oh, well, Mayfield is, you know, a luxury at this point and he's going to be 29 and his next contract's going to be big and you should sell high on him. And, and like I said, val- those are valid points or you keep them and you're, you're talking about only needing to fill the two left side, uh, the, the, the number two and number three left defensemen for next season. And one of them could be internal, um, with you know whether it's like Ramon Salo or whoever, um, and also you know free agency, whatever you can make an external move to. Uh, but if you're going to, yeah, like I said, if you're going to do that, the outlook I think for next year becomes a little more tenuous in my mind, and the likelihood of a full of another bad season, you know, it goes up a little bit, which is not something I want to think mm. about because yeah. like to me you can see Sorokin and Varlamov are very tight and mm. they, they the two of them work well with each other I think they complement each other really well whereas Var- Varlamov he's gonna be 35 next year is a great would be maybe the best one being number two goalie in the league he's just a very reliable goalie when he's on and he should be getting a full healthy offseason which he didn't have this season mm. um behind Sorokin who can who's shown that he's going to be able to play upwards of 50 games. So um, it's, it really like, I, I wouldn't, it's what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't be mad in either direction because I think there are valid arguments to be made for both that said, like there's the exis- the existential part of the, mm-hmm. 
trading away guys like Cal Clutterbuck and Scott Mayfield yeah. and Simeon Varlamov, which would be sad. And Andy Green, too. Like, yeah. uh, Char a little bit. But, like, I, I, I'm almost rooting for Char to be dealt to the Bruins because I think that would be <laughs> just, just nice. Like, if he can go and pl- play as, like, their number seven. If he's going to be traded to anybody, that's the only team. Yeah, it's the only yeah. – it's it's, it's right. really it. Like, do the Bruins want to trade a future considerations right. or a seventh-round pick for Zidane Ochara? Right. Um, and that's and he's actually kind of the one who's who's making the trade, which is kind of funny. Yeah, and, and Lou, that's like yeah. a like a favor almost. Like, right? Just, they're not gonna get anything back for that. But uh, <laughs> like saying goodbye to those other four um, is would would be tough. I want to be fun. And yeah, um, like is it 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 could be good business, but the point of this team, I think, the ethos of this team, which is kind of spitting in the face of the you know, sports, is is a, is a business. Um, kind of cliche that we get to- that gets tossed around because it is, but like with the Islanders, it's a little different. It's it's, it's mm. much more of a they're a, like an arm of the community mm. rather than than like just like a product of it. So, um, yeah, there's there's some some heavy questions here, and if I do, I will say like the fact that Varlamov's name has been mentioned a few times is the only reason why I don't think I'm like fully fully would predict that Lou doesn't do anything because just that his name mm. is out there. Um, and I know Lou doesn't refute or confirm anything, but like <laughs> that it's out there is a little, uh, makes me think that there is a chance that, that they do it. And if, if they do trade him, like I, if, if I would then say that if you're going to do one, you should just do them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's my thing though. Like you can't see, I mean, you're right. Like those kinds of moves, Varlamov and, and Mayfield in particular, like you can get something back for those guys. I just can't see this as being one of those situations where they would do that. Like it just not, a, I don't know if it's blow up the team, but it's sort of like, you know, replace a third of the team. I just, I just can't see them wanting to do that. Cause you know, if you hear, if you listen to Lou talk and, and Barry, who's been saying this for months now, you know, they really do think that a lot of what's gone wrong this season was circumstantial sort of, you know, happenstance, the, the, we and we've gone through this a million times. The road trip, the COVID, the Pollock injury, the other COVID, the whole thing. Like it's just been tough. And I feel like they really think that with a proper training camp, obviously they need some upgrades here and there. I mean, I, they're not going to deny that, but um, th- they think that they could run it back for the most part. Now, as far as like cap space goes, you know, Varlamov taking five million off the books would be a big deal, and they could upgrade that way, get a get a more reliable sort of backup who's cheaper um for Sorokin and then because yeah Sorokin has shown that he can be a starter but he definitely needs a little bit of help as you said before like once he got that once Varlamov was able to come back and start a couple of games Sorokin looked a, a lot better I just don't I just can't see it happening and and again maybe it's just we're too close to the situation <laughs> we just can't really see them breaking up this whole thing but the thing about Varlamov's name being out there I think the main reason it's out there is because you've got a bunch of playoff teams with specious or unreliable goaltending primarily number one and two or really one a and one B are the Leafs and Oilers. Like the Oilers right now are on the outside looking in because their goalies generally can't get a stop. You know, I mean, they, they had a big win the other night that I watched against the caps. It was a good game, but I mean, the Leafs are leaking goals left and right. Nobody wants to go into a playoff series with Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen in, in net. The caps goaltending has been kind of weird. Sometimes Sam Solonov looks good. Sometimes he doesn't. Uh, sometimes Vanacek looks good. Sometimes he doesn't. And then I don't think people still believe in the Avalanche's goaltending. I mean, Darcy Kemper has, has been good on some bad teams. 
I just don't think he he has a lot of they have a lot of confidence in him or people have a lot of confidence in him, although they just did pick up Josh Manson, who's going to help for sure. So I think that's the main reason that Varlamov's name is out mm-hmm. there. And, and you know, then people bring up Josh Bailey and it's like, dude, you guys have been trying to trade Josh Bailey for 14 years. Like <laughs> he ain't going anywhere, <laughs> especially now with another two years. What? Right. Is it two years left on his contract? So yeah. he ain't yes. going anywhere unless I mean, somebody really, 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 really wants Josh Bailey. He's not going anywhere. And even if they did, he's not going anywhere. And one thing that's not really being mentioned much, because, you know, talking about like Varlamov's cap hit and Bailey's cap hit, the Islanders are in decent shape. Yeah. Especially compared to the rest of the NHL for for next year, uh, next year's cap. I think they'll probably have around like 14 million in in space for the summer. Even if Clutterbuck comes back, I I expect him to come back at like a million and a half or something. Yeah, it's Clutterbuck and Parisi. Parisi, yeah. And and then Dobson is going to get a big raise, but like it's not going to be crazy. No. Lou's shown that he's (laughs) like, look at what Ryan Pollock and Adam Pellick signed for. And uh, so it's like, it's, they're going to be in good shape. So it's not like they need to get rid of it. Space and, and I also think there's an a, outside chance that the Islanders are, are a team where um, they can pick up assets by brokering, being like that third team in a deal where mm. they they take half a cap hit because they the cap space really means nothing to them for the rest of the <laughs> season uh, and and next season. Like I said, they're in decent shape there, and they're also like everyone's you know worried about their uh, their prospect pool or whatever. They have a full almost a full slate of picks for the upcoming draft um then the next year they have first second fourth fifth sixth seventh and then the next year after that they've you know full slate so they're they're really not in bad shape in being able to restock um their prospect pool too so it's i think people are really overreacting to one bad season like me you and i have 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 lived through (laughs) some some serious down times where not only like I think about 2008 after that mm. season and the Islanders, I think they, they didn't have a draft pick in that draft. The one before Bailey. Yeah. Um, they didn't have a draft pick till the third round and they took Mark Caddick. Mm. And then after that, all you heard Garstow talk about was like, you know, the rebuild, the five year rebuild. And people, I think people really forget how much rebuilding sucks when you're not <laughs> a big market team. Cause for those teams, they can do what the Rangers did and, you know, get Jacob Truba because he does he's unhappy and he wants to play for the Rangers because his wife lives in Manhattan and mm. they can get Adam Fox or, you know, the Leafs can do what they do. And um, if you're not one of those teams, the Chicago, Boston, New York Rangers, Maple Leafs, it's Canadians. It's, it's much harder to rebuild. Look at the Sabres. Mm. Like, yeah. and I know the Islanders are much more of a, an easier destination now to go to for free agents, but still like this is, they're still the Islanders. And um, there's, there's definitely a path here to being able to kind of appease both um, halves of the argument, which is you can do what you need to do at this deadline and, and find some, some, somebody to, to trade you whatever third round picks for um, you know, the clutter bucks or whatever. But there's also like a, a path where they don't do anything and they're really, they're not going to be in trouble. Like, I don't mm. think people – one bad season doesn't mean that you need to tear everything down, especially yeah. with the way this roster is built. So no matter what happens, um, I think people will be upset. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> will they be upset because the Islanders traded a, a player that they really like, like Cal Clutterbuck, right. or will they be upset because, you know, Lou didn't do anything? Uh, and, and like you, I think it's probably the, – the, the latter is probably more likely. Yeah. Um, and, and like you think 
if if he does do that, like you think back, you think about next year and you're looking at a team with, let's assume Zach Parisi does come back with, uh, you know, Parisi, Barzell, Wallstrom, Lee, Nelson, Palmieri, Bailey, Peugeot, Beauvillier, and then, the, you know, the fourth line being whatever. Um, mm. And then the, those, those, the three-headed monster on defense and Mayfield and the goalies, like it's, it's still a really good team. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, it's much more easy to address that team, the holes on that team in the summer than one that doesn't have Varlamov and Mayfield. Right. I mean, I, I maybe I, again, maybe I'm just too close to it, but like, I feel like if you, if you fast forward to next season, they're like literally one left defenseman, you know, second pairing defenseman and one scoring forward away from being a playoff team again. You know, like it's just, you know, with everything all set up being being what it is, I think that's about it, you know, and and then that kind of deal would happen in the summertime. Like maybe that's when you get like a, you know, Kiefer Bellows traded or something like that. And I don't know who that scoring forward is. Maybe that person is Oliver Wallstrom. And over the next 32 right. games, you know, that's the guy that works best with Matt Barzell. And, and you know, they don't need to trade for that guy. But, you know, who knows? So, um, yeah, so that's the way I feel. And now, of course, what's going to happen is tomorrow morning. As you're listening to this, the Islanders will make a whole bunch of trades, and <laughs> everything yeah. we said will be moved. But like, and and like, I, I'm see, I'm I am serious when I say like, the, I wouldn't be mad if if Lou did decide to to trade Varlamov and Mayfield yeah. and, and 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 put a you know inject the, some youth into the the organization uh, at large. But uh, I would be mad. Hmm. If Simeon, the only reason I'll be mad is if Varlamov or Maeve, if anyone ends up with the Leafs. <laughs> so, well, that's a good point because I feel the same way. But let, let's talk about them real quick because they draw the most air. Uh, they uh, fell flat on their faces once again on a large stage, which is the best way to witness the Leafs. And they had this big heritage classic. By the way, can, can we just <laughs> stop for a second? So, like, we have a winter classic. Sometimes there's Canadian teams in it. We have a stadium series. Sometimes there's Canadian teams there, but it's mostly just American teams. Why is like it, it occurred? And it, now they've had a bunch of these things, and it just occurred to me th- at this one, whichever Heritage Classic this is, when they call it the Heritage Classic, it, am I crazy or is that sort of implying that the U.S. doesn't have a hockey heritage? Like we have no heritage in this. Like the, the only heritage, hockey heritage we're talking about is the Canadian hockey heritage, and so it involves the Leafs and you know. Buffalo Sabres, I guess, in this case, or the Oilers and Jets or whoever, like we kind of have a hockey heritage too. I mean, you talked about it before. Brock Nelson is sort of like hockey heritage in like human form, like you know, <laughs> the Christian family, the the you know gold medal teams and all that kind of stuff. I just it just kind of I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I was just tired. I don't know. But I was like I started thinking about it. Like, wait a minute, is this, is this sort of like a backhanded slap? It's like, well, we have all the heritage. You guys have stadiums, but we have the heritage. It's like. I- yeah, I guess. Where, where did this game even come from? But, oh, who like, the hell no? I, I didn't. I didn't. And I'll be honest. Like I didn't realize there was the stadium series this season either. Right. Because I thought the Predators played outdoors last year, which I think they yeah. did. It was but two years ago. I think two years ago. Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then, um, yeah, that that one. So they both came come up and surprised me. And today mm. on uh, Thirty Two Thoughts, Jeff or the, his radio show, whatever one, he was uh, saying that he thinks that every NHL player has a uh, you know, a checklist of things they want to accomplish in their career. And one of them is playing outdoors. And I, I truly disagree. Like, I don't think <laughs> I, I don't really know. I, I mean, because these games have become so the yeah. novelty is like completely worn off. I, th- mm. I still think the winter classic is cool because it's in the holidays and 
Mm. There, there's whatever. It's it's a one o'clock game on New Year's Day, so there's nothing else really going on. But right. uh, these other ones are just they, they feel I don't know awkward if yeah. or something, and and they don't. I don't think anyone really gets up for them except for the media mm. uh, because they can go and talk about uh, you know how 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 much fun they had at it or. Mm. Uh, how great a city, the whatever city it is, the yeah. the Mad Lib is. What a great job the city of blank did hosting. Did you know that event. Hamilton was called the Hammer, and it's the Steel City of Canada? Well, now you do. Yeah, because they talked about it for three hours. Uh, <laughs> it's, it. I mean, it's like it. If they're, I, I thought like remember last year with the Lake Tahoe mm. thing. I, I was that one. I was kind of excited, not excited about, but I was like, oh, this is like a good idea. Like this is. Right different like the nhl is trying something a little funky um a little different and and they're taking a shot here and the other ones it's just it doesn't yeah you know, just move the needle maybe it's just um, being cynical but uh it's it's it just does it doesn't the the hype that the 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 press release section of the media <laughs> uh, makes yeah uh, the hubba blue that they make is not matched by i think anybody no uh, that that is a hockey fan no maybe definitely They'll never do this because it would take money out of their pockets, but I would just love to see the NHL combine the Winter Classic and the All-Star Game into one thing. Send the All-Stars outside yeah. and just have it out there. Big celebration of hockey. Get your get your sound bites in there. What's it like to play on the pond? Is it like being a kid again? Blah, blah, blah. And then also have like a skills competition and all that kind of other stuff too. And that's it. And then everybody gets to play outside, <laughs> you know, and it's like they don't because, you know, I don't know if some of these teams are ever going to get a chance to play in one of these games. I can't believe the Islanders got a chance to play in one of these games, you know, and it happened and I was there and I saw it happen. I still can't believe it happened, but that's what I would do. But again, they're not going to pass up a chance at extra dough, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, so the Leafs lost that game to Buffalo and, and yeah, give the Sabres credit. They played really well in that game. And uh, Preeti Morazic gave up a bunch of really, you know, kind of conspicuously terrible goals. <laughs> and, you know, now they're scrambling. And there's some great shots of Kyle Dubas in, uh, and uh, Brendan Shanahan in their, like, Peaky Blinders caps. I called them Leaky Blinders. <laughs> Which I thought was very clever. And, uh, you know, looking very concerned about the goaltending. But then, of course, no, we believe in our team. You know, again, this is where all this kind of stuff comes from. I, I don't know what the Leafs are going to do. They have no cap space. They got... Uh, Jake Muzzin's on LTIR. Uh, Jack Campbell's on uh, IR right now. You know, everybody's going to get connected to them at some point. I just don't see how they move any of these guys. We all know their problems. And now Austin Matthews is suspended for two games because he decided to cross-check some guy in the neck at the end of the game. Don't do that. All you young players out there, don't do that. Uh, and so now, you know, I, I feel like the Leafs know what's what's going on here. They're staring down the barrel of a playoff series against either the Lightning, the Panthers, or the Bruins. <laughs> and they don't like their chances in any of them, even if Jack Campbell comes back. Like, he was playing terribly before that. So you're going to hear a lot of stuff. And all of it is basically like Leafs water carriers trying to save their team, basically. And so that's why I wouldn't believe a word you hear in this upcoming week because it's just coming. It's about that. And, and the Oilers, too, for to a lesser extent, too. Uh, although I think, you know, the Oilers path might be a little bit easier, um, but they need to get back into the playoffs right now. They're there. I think there is still like two points out. So, you know, they need to figure it out. And until, you know, those guys are settled, everybody else is kind of in a holding pattern. It's called Giroux noise. There's, you know, 
teams looking at other players and stuff like that. But I mean, ultimately, it's going to come down to what these two teams do, because that's all you're going to hear about. And I'm already dreading the TSN trade desk and like seven hours of Leafs Oilers talk while, you know, some uh, somebody gets traded from Detroit to Florida. (laughs) It's like, oh, really? Great. Thanks a lot, guys. Now, now, now back to the Leafs, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the deadline, I really love it. Um, and it's much more nostalgia than anything. Like I, I hmm. always talk about the Ryan Smith day. Right. Um, I was watching on a old PC and playing hooky in high school. And <laughs> um, I just was so shocked to hear James Duffy Say the the word Islanders <laughs> more than anything. That was right. my shock. Was that like because when he was announcing the trade, he was like, you know, we because it was coming in really late. It was like around three p.m. and they were like, you know, just we're not going to cut away because there is you know talk that Ryan Smith is heading to the airport and is giving a press conference, and the team we're hearing is like the New York Islanders. So don't go mm. anywhere. I almost fell out of my chair just because he said <laughs> Islanders, and, and because they spent so much time talking about the Leafs, um, and the. Canadians and the whoever Oilers whatever but um with the with what's going on in Toronto right now is my favorite thing was that there were so many guys in the the Leafs section of the media the, the Leafs arm of the athletic etc mm. um the uh the Bonks mullet tweet that you and I always love to bring <laughs> up where it's that you know the Leafs lead the league and the most uh unbiased journalists that also high five after every Leafs goal or something, (laughs) just an all time tweet. But uh, those, those guys, they were doing like victory laps around January, February, because the Leafs were doing really well about how a lot of people like this team is flawed. I don't know. I don't think your model is right. I don't think your predictions are right that this is a 110 point team. Mm. Um, They're coming into the season with Jack Campbell, who, had a really good 37 game NHL career to that point. And mm. um, Peter Mrazek, who I remember like when he was on the hurricanes, he, there would be, he would go two week stretches of being just lights out. Mm-hmm. And it was be so frustrating because they would come against the Islanders and <laughs> you, you couldn't beat him. And then he would, you look a couple weeks later and be like, how's Mrazek doing? And he would be terrible because he's just incredibly mm. inconsistent. So you're going into the season with two, very inconsistent goaltenders on a team that is already notoriously uh, hard, a place that's notoriously hard for goalies to play because of folks, those same folks that I just talked about um, and the pressure they put on the goalie that uh, it's pretty easy to see that, you know, you're the model might not be able to account that there's going to come a point in the season where one of these guys struggles and the other guy's going to need to pick it up. And uh he might not be able to do so. And, and you can't put that into an algorithm because it's, it's a completely human element and we're, we're watching it and we're enjoying it. And none of them were saying anything mm. They're They're not saying like, Oh, maybe we overestimated this. They're just talking about the, the, the they're just naming a hundred different goalies. The least are going to go get, including Marc-Andre Fleury and, and Varlamov. And if Marc-Andre Fleury goes to the Leafs, Pierre, Le, someone's going to need to send uh, the cops to Pierre Lebrun's house. <laughs> Because yeah. if Pierre LeBron tweets about Marc Andre Fleury's lunch order basically every day and yeah. has done for years, uh, he's got to be working on a biography. I mean, I'm assuming. Mm. Um, and then, of course, the Leafs. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, you're gonna he's gonna need to like 
by a defib- defibrillator or something just keeping on him <laughs> at all times because if if flurry goes to the leafs and then the first glove save that he snaps in someone's mm. face uh lebron he just you just might just see a body descend from yeah. from the rafters at air canada center onto the <laughs> ice that it's going to be pierre lebron because he fainted or something um I, it's I, it, it's gonna be nuts I just can't see that either. Like, I just, no. why would Flurry do that to himself? Exactly. Like, why, why do that? Again, much like with Chara, you know, what do you, I would think he would accept a trade maybe to the Bruins. That's it. For Flurry, it's Pittsburgh. Like, if, if the Penguins wanted to make a trade with the Blackhawks, bring him in to back up Jari, they would trade Casey DeSmith there, probably, you know, a pick or something like that. I can see that. Like, I can see that. People talking about how he, he's going to go back to Vegas now because Leonard is hurt and they're falling out of the playoffs now, too. I can't see that happening, but Pittsburgh, I can see happening. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's insane. Cause nobody's ever wrong with the Leafs. That's the problem. And the same with the Oilers too. Nobody's ever wrong, but yet the team never really goes anywhere. Like, so what's going on right now? Everybody else is always wrong all the time. And in, in the case of the Islanders, everything they do is wrong. Cause yeah. that these guys hate this team to such a degree that I, I can't even put into words how transparent it is. that <laughs> They just don't like this team. Hello, James Myrtle. I'm talking to you. Um, that you know they can never see what's wrong in their own team, and the, you know, I think they'll find out. And, and you, the, another great phenomenon that happened after that, um, the Heritage Classic was the the Matthews. Yeah, when he when he tried to take off Dalene's head, um, <laughs> that Chris Johnston immediately. <laughs> Mm. started tweeting about like my friend eric put it perfectly he said that uh he's he's reporting the news but he's also uh volunteering to be austin matthews's defense lawyer in this upcoming <laughs> hearing because the first two tweets were like right. he, okay he did cross and also after the summer of of cross checks where we had mm. to talk about cross checking needing to leave the game for forever uh there was none of that talk it was all about whether or not matthews was should be suspended right. or not and that he shouldn't because he's not a re- repeat offender right. nor and and that matt he said that it rolled off his shoulder into the head or whatever which <laughs> clearly didn't like i mean that was one of the worst cross checks i've right. seen all season um yeah. but yeah the that was him losing his head like that and, and almost taking off someone else's head in the process was uh like the the cherry on top of what's been an a, a really terrific couple weeks uh <laughs> on the peripheral of right. islanders e- universe because igor starting to show some signs of um uh, being human mm. he's tired the, the the rangers are uh in a, in a, a little bit of a wobble like they're gonna make the playoffs and whatever he'll probably steal the first round or two because that's <laughs> what the rangers do but um it's it's been a, it's been a much easier couple weeks i think just generally around these parts because of uh the leafs mm. <laughs> And Ravi and and the and in Igor not being up to up to to snuff completely, um, but but that does you know talk. I mean br- to, to bring it back to Varlamov, like uh, this is why I think it is tempting that to, mm. to trade him because like you said like Toronto, Minnesota, Washington, Pittsburgh, mm. uh, Colorado uh, to some extent. Uh, man, there's got to be Dallas. Uh, yeah. You can even throw. I know Florida can't do it because they're already paying one goalie. But it's but, really every team besides Florida and Tampa, Carolina too. Like because like yeah. Freddie's been good, but I mean I can even see them doing it because Ronta's been struggling and whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, and and that's what you said. Like it's of the sixteen playoff teams right now, I would say more of them don't have a good goaltending situation right. than do. 
<laughs> so you can Lou, if he really wanted to, can 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 get a, I think a really nice haul for Varlamov because of he's the best name out there besides Flurry. Hmm. Um, I mean, even Vegas at this point because Leonard is is right. hurt. Like, and they're nuts. Like, yeah. you you could you can really get a good haul for him. <laughs> uh, and and it's that's yeah that's why it's it's both like there's there is a a really good case to be made for both directions here with with him um and it It, just can't be the least it's gonna it's only gonna suck if we find out later that some team offers some kind of crazy package for him but i don't but i think even if they did i think I think Lou would take it. <laughs> right. I think he would he wouldn't hesitate to do that, but he's gonna wait for something like that. I would think anyway. But again, I don't I don't know if that if that deal is necessarily coming. But uh but yeah, it was a, it was a fun time. Also, by the way, speaking of the Rangers, uh it's funny how when the Islanders were defying uh analytics and getting by on goaltending and structure, they should have been legislated out of the league, but when the Rangers get by defying analytics by having great goaltending, they're the toast of the hockey world and everybody loves them. And, you know, Igor Shesterkin should be the MVP. Not that I'm saying he shouldn't be, but it is funny to me how one team defying analytics is good and the other one defying analytics <laughs> is the worst thing that happened to the league uh, since, like, I don't know, I don't know, some some kind of change. Like, it's just, I don't know, I just find these yeah. kinds of things funny as if we were never, as if we're dumb and we're not going to see them talking about these things, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've, they've been annoying all season. Right. Uh, but it's, but they, they got off to such a hot start. The Rangers that I've just been like, all right, there's no reason to even like get worked up about them until the playoffs because they're clearly going to make it and whatever. Yeah. Um, th- right now I'm getting fed up with them just because <laughs> I th- like the Leafs a little bit. Like it's, it's um when there's a, a player having a good season automatically. And, and that player plays for a team that isn't going to make the playoffs. They're automatically linked to the Rangers. Yeah. Right. Um, JT Miller. I'm talking about right, right now. Like Carver Kell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh the, the Canucks, the Canucks are only four points out of the playoffs. JT Miller is having a terrific season. And yeah. it's been amazing since Bruce Boudreau got there. Um, why on earth would they trade him? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like this, I know they're they're saying like the, they need to clear their cap space or whatever. But uh, there's other ways to do that. By you don't need to trade your best player up for the season to to do so. And it, um, it's they're they're going to be linked to everybody. They're like yeah. that you, you, because they've been bad for the past few seasons. You forget how annoying they yeah. are around the deadline. Yeah. Um, because it's it's not fun right now with them and I hmm. uh, think yeah Miller they're going to be linked to Claude Giroux they're going to be yeah. linked to Patrick I mean the the media has been trying to trade Patrick Kane to the Rangers for <laughs> forever so I he's think that with with Jacob Chikrin all the time like oh yeah we've heard so much about this Jacob Chikrin trade has anybody stopped to ask why the Coyotes would do this I don't I don't understand he's 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 got a good contract it's got a couple of years left on it he's pretty good. I don't get it. I just don't. I I just don't understand it. They're just trying to will this trade to a team that they care about. Is what yeah. my reading on it. You know, I was like, oh, we got to get Chickren traded to the to the Oilers. Why? What? Why would they do? Like, I don't understand. So it's, it's the John just, Klingberg thing too, right? Yeah, what, he's a pending unrestricted free agent, and he's asked for a trade. But um, yeah. the, the Stars are in the playoff hunt, right? Why, yeah, maybe they maybe they should just keep one of their their good players. For, <laughs> well, for that and, playoff uh, race. 
Yeah, and Heiskanen is out too now. So, so yeah. Klingberg is going to... Yeah, no, he's not going anywhere. But but earlier this year, it was like, oh, yeah, of course they're going to trade him. But now all of a sudden, it's like, wait, they're good now? Yeah, well, this week they're good. Last week they weren't that good. So yeah, anytime, anytime you hear uh, America Friedman say, it's not a question of if, but when, <laughs> it's usually a question of if. Um, that's right. how it goes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think... I mean, I feel like we've covered everybody... You know, it's it's gonna I think be a quiet deadline unless somebody and Friedman was talking yeah. about this today, unless some team just comes out of nowhere and makes some crazy trade. Although you and I were talking before this about a guy you earlier this season thought could get traded, uh, and he still might, uh, but not to the place that you thought. So why don't you once again reveal to us this player who you think yeah. could probably get traded that really not a lot of people are talking about? Yeah, we did bold predictions before the season and I we were saying we couldn't remember them as, 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 as well, that's what happens when people do bold predictions on shows, which is why we don't do that kind of stuff because it's, it's right. dumb. But mine was one of mine was that Nick Letty gets traded back to the Islanders. But that's not going to happen. Um, I, I'm excited to see where he gets traded. Cause he will get traded. I think Grice will get traded too. Yeah. Um, I could see Thomas Grice getting traded to the Rangers actually. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Letty, I'm excited to see where Letty goes. I'm, I'm trying to like picture him in, in, in different uniforms. Mm. And for some reason, I can only picture him in, uh, I can see him, I should say, I can see him getting traded to the Penguins, but I can only picture him in the jerseys that they used to wear like five years ago. The, uh, <laughs> not like the ones that had kind of like the shiny gold yeah. to them. The ones, I think they won the, the 2009 Stanley Cup. Right, I can the picture Vegas that. gold. Yes, yeah, that yeah. Nick Letty and uh Declining in those jerseys. I can't picture him in their current ones for some reason, but I can see him like getting traded. But, um, you know, be going hypocritical and, and kind of rogue here because we didn't talk about this. But I do want to make one bold prediction, which is definitely going to come true, is that the, the Penguins will trade for someone who is like, who was good maybe like four years ago. Um, and they'll trade for him and he will be, uh, He'll he'll like maybe win the con Smythe like like the, the, the Jeff Carter <laughs> Derek Broussard kind right. of moves. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, because Nick Letty plays for Detroit, uh, I could see him getting traded to Tampa Bay. Like that's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. Yeah, you know, I could. Can't, I mean, you can't see him getting traded there, and all of a sudden, you know, kind of like quarterbacking some kind of crazy power play and racking up like 50 assists in six games or something like that. I could see that happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, I could, I could totally see that happening and, and I hope, I hope it works out for him cause that would be cool to see. And then he's also an, a UFA at the end of the year. So maybe they'll bring him back. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know to me, it's, it's shaping up to be a pretty quiet deadline. You know, we always joke about like sort of Dominic Moore getting traded for a second round pick. I don't even know if those guys are even around anymore. Like who is even out there? Every, everybody's up against the cap except the Rangers. That's the only team <laughs> that has no cap, that has all the cap space in the world. And to be honest, somebody said this before. It might have been Ray Ferraro. I'm not even sure. Like why mess with anything? Just just go in with what you have and see what happens. You know, I mean, you didn't expect to be this good this quickly. Just why, why trade anybody? Just. Just see what happens, see what you got, and then worry about it next year when you have all that cap space too. So there you go. Uh, so uh, if you watch, you know the the um, trade deadline shows. Enjoy. Uh, I just I wouldn't get my hopes up for too much, and I definitely wouldn't get my hopes up for too much going on with the Islanders. And when they don't do anything, just just take a deep breath. <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. Don't don't get too angry about it. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's not a catastrophe. It'll be fine, and and they'll just retool uh, at a later date. Um, I, I do want to talk about Jack Eichel real quick. We're already kind of way over, but uh, just just real quick, um, before they beat the Leafs in the Heritage Classic, the uh, Buffalo Sabres beat the Vegas Golden Knights uh, with Jack Eichel, and he got booed 
which, you know, to anybody with, I think, a couple of working brain cells shouldn't have been a surprise. Although, unfortunately for Jeff Merrick, it was. I don't know what he was thinking. He was shocked. If you listen to his podcast, he talked about how surprised he was. He had talked to Mike Harrington, the venerable and often grouchy uh, writer for the Buffalo News. And Harrington said, oh, no, Eichel's going to get booed. What are you kidding me? And and Merrick was like, what do you mean? How could that? How is that possible? Oh, they must be booing management. Oh, they must be booing the Sabres ownership for letting Jack. No, dude, they're booing Jack Eichel, the person, the hockey player. And for a very simple reason, he does not play for their team anymore. That's why they're booing him. That's why anybody boos anybody. They're not playing for their team anymore. And the thing that I I think these guys don't understand, and by the way, I'm going to put this all in an email and send it to Jeff and Elliot that they definitely won't read, but I just have to get this off my chest because it's been bothering me for a week now. Like when you go through a very public, very long, very contentious breakup the way the Sabres and Jack Eichel did, people don't want to hear about logic and reason. And he wanted this surgery. They didn't want to have this for him to have the surgery. They were probably in the wrong. He had a trade request. Like all that stuff flies out the window and it eventually becomes, you know what, dude, you don't want to be on my team anymore. Screw you. Like that's what it comes down to. And it's the same thing. And look, we all know what, I'm talking about here because we all went through it We for two years for us here. If you listen to this podcast, we went this whole thing for two years with Tavares. And by the time it was gone, screw you. Like that was it. That was the <laughs> end of the story. Like we just don't want to hear it anymore. And, and so we're booing him. We're booing these media guys that just are crawling up our ass. We're booing people all the time. They're like, get this guy off of this team. Put him on a good team. We want to see him unleashed. We want to see Jack Eichel in Vegas. How great would that be to be out of the, the muck and mire of Buffalo. The Sabres fans know their team stinks, but he's still on their team. Like, and when you start talking shit about them, they're going to be mad about it. It's like, I always say it's like George Costanza. Like when he calls himself a loser all the time, but anytime, anytime anybody else calls him a loser, he gets really mad. Like that's <laughs> us, you know, and that's Sabres fans too. I feel like they're the same way, you know, okay. I know my team sucks and I can say what I want about it, but don't you tell me my team sucks or else you and I are going to have words. I just, I just found it funny that they just couldn't, or Jeff, in fact, couldn't couldn't figure out why they were booing. And, and the funny thing was, they they tried to over they tried to sidestep the booing by having him showing him on the video with like at the kids' hospital and stuff like that, like seeing sick kids. And every time they showed the kids, they stopped booing. And every time they showed Eichel, they booed him again. <laughs> and every time he had to touch the puck on the ice, they booed him again. And honestly, and then of course now, then he had to say that the funny line it was a funny line. He's like, you know, it's the loudest I've ever heard this building, and all it took was seven years of me getting traded. It's a good line, Jack. Now you're going to get booed forever there. Congratulations. Right. So, you know, you could have, you know, that's one thing with Tavares. At least he said some nice things when he came back, but nobody wanted to hear it because screw you. You're not on my team anymore. I'm, I, I went through the ringer for two years with you. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to boo you now. And that's just how it works. So I don't know. I don't know why these guys can't figure it out and we can. Maybe they need to live through it. I don't know. I, I just don't think they could separate themselves from uh, yeah. their, their, their reality mm. is very different. Uh, from anybody else right. on this planet, uh, yeah. there's very select few people uh, who are um, God. I hate the word, but the uh, influencer is not the right word. But like yes. Je- like the Jeff Merrick, like media types, right. who are um, yeah, they're 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 well followed, and they think that they everyone sees sport in the same way that they do. <laughs> it couldn't be further <laughs> from the truth. Right. Um, you summed it up perfectly. Uh, <laughs> the one the one line that did crack me up was that yeah, he said. Uh, you know, I knew there was going to be some booing, but I thought they would be booing Eichel as a conduit to management. 
Okay. What on earth? <laughs> what kind of foil are you wearing on your head, brother? Like, right. Well, I don't like. It's really not hard. That's the problem. Is like they try to make everything into a big production, and right. Um, and 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 it's great too because I always talk about how hockey is better and sports are better with villains. Mm. Well, okay, there's a vi- the Sabres. This is a villain. This is a right. hero villain story, and and now you're talking about how they're shot. Right. We shouldn't have it's they're a mess anyways yeah you do summed it up perfectly <laughs> right. that was bizarre but yeah. just bizarre and and it was funny because i was texting you and saying that they i thought they had a really jeff and elliot had a very nuanced look at the uh, everyone being up in arms about austin matthews uh yes getting his stick held in overtime against the coyotes and how like they're like look it's you're gonna it, they, they just had a good conversation about how they didn't i thought they were gonna lose their minds to talk about that he robot umps or whatever but they didn't, they didn't go down that road <laughs> right. um and then immediately after they go into that i was like they they jumped the shark right they jumped right back over the shark so uh it's just <laughs> yeah. they're, they're nuts um, yeah their basic thing was that you know this is the way games are going to get called now and you're just gonna have to fight through it and live with it and my whole thing is if it was a leaf holding on to jacob chikrin stick while some other leaf scored that overtime game winning goal it wouldn't have been a topic you know, and so they they kind of basically prove my point, um, but but they were on the right side of it, or at least on the same side as us, which is that hey, this is how it is now. You just have to deal with it. So sorry, <laughs> it's just how it is. Um, I, I want to hear what they say tomorrow, or what Jeff says tomorrow about Austin Matthews getting suspended for two games. But they seem to indicate that he probably would. So um, yeah, so we we've covered I think a lot here, right? I don't think we missed anything. I mean, maybe we did, but whatever <laughs> cares uh is there anything else we wanted to we wanted to no. get to yeah that's it yeah um so i hope everybody enjoyed it uh you know i hope this this isn't obsolete by the time you listen to it uh you know enjoy the games this week there are four of them read lighthouse hockey every single day for your most up-to-date islanders news and discussion if you haven't yet listened to our latest episode of weird islanders the podcast you should it's with me and my friend nick Julia. we're talking about sergey nemchinov uh in the late 90s who was probably just a little too good to play on the islanders that year <laughs> those years but uh they were very bad and he was a good player and uh we, we thought it was kind of funny um another thing i want to mention and one one of the things i love about weird islanders is it kind of like lends itself to some different kind of interactions with with listeners and they had kind of come at it a different way than they do with this one and we get we get tons of great emails and and, uh tweets and stuff from people about this show but we get a lot of great stuff from that show too and i was talking with uh, a friend of mine on twitter his name is john but you may know him as oleg kavasha on twitter he's not the actual oleg kavasha (laughs) he just uses the twitter account sorry to burst anybody's bubble but uh he's a great dude and he he we was listening we were talking about the show and he was like do you remember a version of the the classic Islanders jersey with the dark colors, the sort of like Pekka Yashin era jersey, but without the four stripes on the shoulder. And I was like, I don't remember a version that didn't have that, but you know, maybe there was. And again, this is like Mandela effect sort of scenario. Like, did I dream this? Did I make it up? And he ended up going down this rabbit hole and he wrote a whole blog post about it at his blog, which is called Capital District Islander. And uh, he basically did find a version of that jersey without the stripes on it. And it's kind of a fascinating little look at kind of the evolution of that Jersey uh, from the, the wavy version, the wavy Jersey to this kind of, you know, uh, transitional version to the final version that we're all kind of familiar with. So I'm going to put a link in the article, uh, check it out. It's a, it's a quick read, but it's, it's kind of fascinating. It's kind of just one of these little kind of 
memory hole things <laughs> that just sort of happened and everybody forgot about it. And now, you know, you could relive it and be like, oh yeah, that's right. How cool is that? Uh, and also if you haven't yet, uh, give him a follow on Twitter. Again, it's at Oleg Kavasha. Uh, he's, a, he's a great dude and he's a lot of fun to follow, even if he's not affiliated with the actual Oleg Kavasha. So you he's a big that. cricket fan too. We talk about cricket. He is a big cricket fan as well. Yeah. He says, you guys have been talking cricket. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, that's, uh, about it. So where can everybody find you on Twitter? The big Lebowski with two E's follow Mike at the big Lebowski. I saw a new episode of the wonder goal came out today. Uh, big doings over there in, in the soccer world, right? I guess, uh, premier league yeah, and uh, really champions sad. league have ever, ever in <laughs> oh. a lot of trouble. Oh no. Trouble. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to oh. be a, 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 a true relegation battle here. So. Yeah. You, you always know, I don't know anything about soccer. I just put it on, on TV on Saturdays when it's on. And you always know that it's almost relegation time when you turn it on and you're like, who the hell are these two teams? <laughs> it's not, usually it's the same group, you know, Manchester City, Man U, Liverpool, like these sorts of teams, Chelsea. And then you look up and you're like, who are the one guy's in fluorescent green, the other guy's in like pink and purple. What the hell is going on right now? And you're like, oh, shoot, they need to win or their toast. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, fine. That's cool. But uh, yeah, so check out The Wonder Goal and, and read all of Mike's work at Action Network. And uh, you got another line change, I guess, coming up too, right? This week? Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow will be out. Yep. Yep. So talked about ch- the Islanders a pretty good amount. So, oh, well, there you yeah. go. So check it out. Uh, yeah, the one, uh, yeah, line change uh, from the Action Network. And uh, that's about it for us. So we'll be back uh, next weekend. We got to talk scheduling. I meant to do it before this, <laughs> but we'll talk about it. Uh, they do have afternoon games on Sunday, so uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll get together on Sunday uh, Sunday night or something. But if not, um, maybe we'll we'll wait till after the uh, the deadline and then talk on Monday and uh, see where the Islanders are at. Again, we are in agreement. We think that it's basically going to be the same exact team that they are right now at this moment. Uh, But maybe we'll be surprised. You never know. We'll see. And uh, we'll see where these next four games take them to and what that means for the rest of the season. But uh, thanks for listening. And we will talk to you again on the other side of the trade deadline. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.